to tune into this episode of Pacey Performance Bite Size. So this clip comes from episode number 396, so not that long ago, with Graham Close. And he dives into CBD. So anyone that's working with uh, adult athletes, even youth athletes over the last couple of years, I'd be surprised if no one's asked you about CBD. So Graham gives the full rundown, pros and cons of using CBD and what we need to be careful of. But just before we do dive into this episode with Graham, I want to say a big thanks to Rock Daisy for sponsoring this episode today. So if you're interested in a platform that is capable of collecting, analyzing, visualizing, presenting data, check out Rock Daisy at rockdaisy.com. Of course, absolutely. One other area that you mentioned that you were diving into more and more, CBD. Um, <laughs> we just, again, we discussed it on the round table, but I'd love to dive into just as much detail and more and a few uh, offshoot questions as well. So everyone will be aware of it, whether you get pushed it on Facebook, you get pushed it on Instagram, Twitter, whatever it may be, or just coming up in conversations and in the press. What is CBD, first off? Yeah. So you're right, it's something that I've moved into. Um, this started about seven years ago when one of the athletes within England Rugby asked me about it. And at the time, I struggled to spell CBD, never mind know it. Um, but it was an easy conversation because at the time, it was prohibited by WADA. So the conversation went, I'm not really sure what it is, but a quick WADA search says it's prohibited, leave it alone. And then... Come forward a few years, WADA, in their wisdom, and if you could see the irony in my eyes, you'll see why the way I'm saying this, have decided to remove CBD from the prohibited list. So CBD is cannabidiol. It's one of the cannabinoids, uh, which are components within the cannabis plant that have um, some physiological effect. So you get the cannabis plant, and it's got all these can- cannabinoids within it. The two major ones that people may have heard of is THC, tetrahydrocannabinol, which is the the psychotropic component. So that's mainly found in the marijuana-type strains of the plant. can be as high as 40% in some of these marijuana strains and is a reason why you get the illicit high off of consuming marijuana. Of all the other cannabinoids within the plant, one that is now becoming really talked about is cannabidiol, CBD, because there are no psychotropic effects, so it's not giving you any of that high or anything like that. And there has been a number of reported physiological benefits of CBD. And then when WADA decided to remove it, um, with these suggested physiological and health benefits, well, then athletes are a, a clear target population to try and... Um, uh, approach to to grow the popularity of this now my reading of the literature is is one of cautious excitement Um, and what i mean by that is i think there's enough evidence that this needs research and it could be game-changing in many ways i I listen to a podcast with andy jones often known as andy beetroot in the sport nutrition world who changed his twitter name to beetroot uh, and Andy said that he only intended doing one study on beetroots, and that was 15 years ago, and he's still, still working going. beetroot. <laughs> I, I can see my close nutrition becoming close CBD one day, because I only intended to do one study, in it, and I can see the rest of my academic career being in it. So yeah, I think there's excitement, but I said cautious excitement. 
And the reason why I exert cautious is the current WADA wording has thrown us all under a bus. And why do I say that? Well, they've removed CBD, but have left all other cannabinoids prohibited. So the chances of isolating from the cannabis plant, the CBD, without traces of any other cannabinoid is absolutely negligible. So some companies are coming along now and certifying the product as 0% THC, the psych major psychotropic cannabinoid, which is great. It won't be 0%, but it'll be near enough zero that the chances are you should be okay from a, an anti-doping perspective. Uh, interesting with THC, they've classified that as a threshold compound, which means you can have a little bit, up to 180 nanograms per mil in your urine, but no more. But... None of these companies are saying, as far as I can see, 0% of any of the other cannabinoids. And all the other cannabinoids, according to the wider wording, they're not even a threshold compound. So any trace amount of these. And when you ask for a certificate of analysis on the products, you will see that there are other cannabinoids in there, such as CBG, CBDA, CBV. So lots of these other cannabinoids. Technically, just by taking that, you've admitted a doping offence. Because remember, the doping offence isn't testing positive. It's taking it. So until WADA changed the wording, and I think the wording needs to be to name the cannabinoids that are prohibited, rather than name the one that's allowed, I just think it's too risky for an athlete. And when I've tried to find out from WADA, are they testing for all the other cannabinoids? The only response I've got is, we could do. So it doesn't really help me. So an athlete could take a CBD product with 0% THC, and in theory, WADA could decide to check for one of some of the other cannabinoids, be find a presence, and we've been thrown a, uh, a sanction. I personally think, Rob, the answer is going to be, I reckon within the next two or three years, WADA will have removed cannabis completely from the prohibited list. Okay, well, that's it. The, the NBA have gone down that, the UFC have gone down that route, and because the multi-multi-million dollar industry that CBD is now, the pressure that's going to be put for to remove it, to allow it to be taken, is going to be that big. I, I can see them caving and removing cannabis. You could also say, why is cannabis banned? It's not performance enhancing. I've never known anyone before the 100 metres at the Olympics, and what I'll do, I'll have a quick joint, or, <laughs> you know, before a rugby game, for example. And actually, yeah. I'll play rugby against somebody. I think I'd prefer them to go that way. <laughs> yeah, I'm absolutely. Like, oh, let them take... Oh, by, by the way, I'm joking here. But, but, you know what I mean? I, I, can't, I don't think there's a real clear rationale for why cannabis should be prohibited anyway. Um, so that's what I think the answer will be. So why do you think they haven't gone down the route of THC with the other cannabinoids um, in terms of letting, because, letting it a certain amount in the system. Yeah, I think partly because then they, they would have to then start testing for all these, I guess. Okay, right. And, and you, a WADA drugs test is very expensive anyway. And you throw another 140 compounds in there. And bear in mind there'll be compounds within the cannabis plant that we've not even identified yet. Um, and that's, again, what makes it even more complicated because we don't even know what's in there. Um, so what they have done is 
without seeking advice, I would say, from experts in the, in the cannabis field, decided to just name CBD as being removed, but without giving it enough thought of to what are the practical implications of this and the practical logistical implications of just created a minefield for athletes. Mm-hmm. So what, what research is out there at the minute from you, the guys that you work with, but anyone else? From a athletic perspective, there's one paper that says it doesn't help uh, from muscle recovery, and that's it. Now, that one paper was a short-term um, dosage. It was in non-athletes. but It wasn't a particularly damaging sore protocol. There was lots of caveats around it, but it was only one paper. So the evidence base, from an athletic perspective, we, we can basically say it's non, it's non-existent. We're trying to fill that at the moment. So I've got so many studies going on in my labs at the moment. Um, one, the obvious one we're doing is giving non-tested athletes as high a dose as we can be allowed to in the UK um, for a prolonged period of time to see what's happening with the other minor cannabinoids. Are they appearing in blood and urine and her from an anti-doping perspective? Um, we're looking at it from a performance perspective. So if it is masking pain, which is one of the suggestions where it may help, could it be advantageous in, let's say, you know, a cycling protocol, which is dictated by how long can you hang in there in pain? Um, we're doing some really neat, uh, with Scott Gillam, my PhD student, uh, pain studies where we're infusing hypertonic saline to induce pain within the anterior tibialis and seeing if um, how, how it handles pain and then we're doing various stimuli on top of that. So we're, we're trying to answer the questions that I want to know as, a, as an athlete. But if you go to the main literature away from sport, well, there is evidence that it can help with pain management. There is evidence that it can help with... Uh, like, muscle regeneration there's even evidence that it can help with traumatic brain injury so concussion you know again it, it studies on rats but you preload rats with cbd and then induce uh, a traumatic brain injury give them a cognitive task the rats that were preloaded with cbd were able to function better in the task and then but weren't so even potentially protective now if that's the case we all know how how problematic concussion could be in contact sports um if there's a potential therapeutic strategy that may help well then i i think we it's it's our job as credible sports scientists to explore this 100 percent. so even even just yes taking the research into account but just your intuition is there anything else where it do you think it could have potential yeah the the other massive area is sleep and Again, the, the evidence in athletes isn't there. And when I'm saying it's not there, I don't want anyone to judge then, but say, well, you know, that, that's poor. You've got to remember it's been under prohibition for many years, and then it's been prohibited in sport. So it isn't something that as sports scientists we would have put any time into researching because it, it, it's banned and you can't use it. But now these restrictions have been lifted. Having said that, it's still hard from ethics perspectives and Lots of areas to do. So there's many challenges to doing research. But sleep seems to be one whereby there is potential. And we know that athletes compared to the general public struggle with sleep. When you look at the meta-analysis 
on sleep away from athletes in the general population, it would appear that if the reason for the lack of sleep or the poor sleep is anxiety related, then it may actually be beneficial from a sleep perspective. If it's for other reasons, it looks like it's going to be less uh, beneficial. But personally speaking, as an ex-athlete, it was anxiety that affected my sleep. Before games, you're nervous about games. And when you'd had shockers, like I had on a, a regular basis, after games, you replay the game in your head and you're, ang- you're worried about the, the review and what the coach is going to say to you the day after. So I, I think there's maybe potential there, um, which is why I keep going back to that cautiously excited. Uh, and we have got sleep studies as well uh, lined up. For those who are interested in CBD, there's the Lambert Initiative in uh, out of the University of Sydney in Australia. And this is Mr. and Mrs. Uh, Lambert who donated a ridiculous amount of money to the University of Sydney to study cannabis. Uh, and this was based upon that the I think it's her granddaughter, Mr. and Mrs. Lambert's granddaughter, was one of these children who suffered from a rare form of epilepsy where you're having multiple seizures a day. And that's one place that, that, you know, it's been licensed as a drug now, Epidiolex, and it has dramatic effects at reducing these multiple epileptic seizures, life-changing for people who've got this condition. And because of that, Mr. and Mrs. Lambert donated a lot of money to the University of Sydney to set up a a research institute for cannabinoids. So people like uh, Ian McGregor and uh, Danielle McCartney are doing some amazing work on CBD out of a Lambert you know, we're trying to, well, we are collaborating with them because without doubt they are the world leaders and they, they tweet some amazing stuff out of the Lambert. You know, they're doing stuff almost um, weekly on on cannabis and cannabinoids. So definitely a group to, to look at if interested in this field. How is it administered, Graham? Anyone, anyone that says anything about cannabis, you just assume everyone smokes it. Obviously that's not the case, <laughs> yeah. but that's the image that you have in your head. Yeah, with the CBD, the most common way are these tinctures, so little drops under the tongue. Um, That's what you'll see most of the time. You can get it in tablet form. You can vape it, but obviously I would never be recommending anything like that. Um, And now it's appearing in foods and gummies. and, And this is where the marketing gets carried away. I even saw CBD pizza on sale. You know, so it's one of these where... It's going to be in anything. And an important thing is when we see it in drugs like Epidiolex, which is licensed to treat Dravet syndrome and things like that, you're looking at a huge dose, minimum of like 500 milligrams, if not up to like, you know, a thousand. When we um, see it in a, in the tinctures, well, the maximum dose we're allowed to administer in the UK is 75 milligrams. And when you see it in gummies and pizzas and that, there might be a couple of milligrams. So, uh, but then what, this is where, I, you know, people do things that I don't agree with. They will cite the type of Epidiolex research to promote a product that's got two milligrams in, but that's got 500 milligrams in. And, and then the other thing is when you're up at the 500 milligram mark, there is some evidence of some side effects like abnormal liver chemistries. Now, if you're suffering from Dravet syndrome and you're having multiple epileptic seizures a day, well, then the risk-benefit of some abnormal liver chemistries are probably worth considering. 
But if you're an athlete who struggles struggles with sleep, the risk reward of abnormal liver chemistries probably isn't there. And this is where everything's context specific, isn't it? So when we're looking at it, we need to look at dosage, we look at administration, we need to look at it in the right context. And the other thing to mention, if there are side effects, it appears be, to be drug-drug uh, related. So whereby the way that the enzyme that's responsible for metabolizing CBD is the same one that's responsible for most medications. So what you can, by taking high-dose CBD, you can increase the side effects of other medications. So when, when you need to be aware of that if, if you're going to take it and you're taking other medication as well. So it's definitely one where I think professional advice is definitely needed prior to jumping in here. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Pacey Performance Bite Size. As I mentioned at the start, if you want to listen to the full episode with Graham, it's episode number 396, and you can get it on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Big thanks to Rock Daisy for sponsoring this episode today, and I'll chat to you next time.